Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special week of downtime podcast called Summer of Elisa. <laughs> so here we go. Jeremy is on vacation right now, and I'm trying to make some episodes happen. And at this point, what that would mean is I'd have a different co-host. Well, what's been going on these past few weeks is I've been working a lot of overtime, so I haven't been able to get a convenient time to even um, record or do anything. So when I knew that Jeremy was going on vacation, I had this idea of, you know what? I'm going to do the episodes by myself and I'm going to record at work because it's the only convenient time that I can make this happen. So this is the deal. Monday through Friday, five episodes, a whole week of Elisa. You're, we're going to cover everything from video games to TV shows to just random everything on my mind right now. They're going to be quick episodes and you're going to get one per day. So welcome to Monday's episode, which is 100 and six and here we go downtime podcast summer of elisa on june 21st a game that i've been waiting a long time for it's been a childhood favorite of mine came back with a resurgence with a reboot crash team racing nitro fueled and for anyone who is unfamiliar with this series uh, if you're you know you never really played playstation before so crash bandicoot is the story of a badass dingo i think it's a dingo or a dog of some sort and you know go it's a plat it's a famous platformer for in the early days of PlayStation, it was actually one of the very first games that Naughty Dog came, created. Like this is this is a Naughty Dog property, though the Crash Team Racing, um, I I think is done a lot with Activision, but like the original original game was Naughty Dog, and 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 of this series of this platformer came to kart racers the first one being crash team racing ctr which came out on ps1 and crash nitro kart cnk which came out of ps2 and so they didn't have one for a ps3 well um crash that series kind of you know fell off a bit because you know new games were being created and then they were working on uncharted and the last of us and then ps4 we're seeing a sudden resurgence in crash bandicoot and the insane trilogy came out and this year is now Nitro Field, the next game for Crash Bandicoot. And I must say, if I ever, everything that I wish and would have ever wanted in a Crash Team Racing reboot this is all in there. So this game has, like, the style is almost like a smoothed out version of the original CTR game where. The menus are the same, the same format and adventure mode is the same. So adventure mode is single player and then you have battle mode where you can get you and your friends in an arena and you can battle each other. It was like one of my favorite, like one of my favorite parts of CTR way back. And of course there's online mode. I'm not going to talk about online mode because I haven't played it yet and I'm much more interested in the adventure mode here. So I'll talk about that 
Um, so pretty much adventure mode is there's a new alien deity. His name's Nitrous Oxide, and he's the best racer on the planet. And he's going to attack the planet that you live on unless someone beats him. So you, the player, have to get first place in all of the races and defeat Nitrous Oxide. So adventure mode pretty much hit all the nostalgia feels. And I'm one, I'm a person who doesn't like nostalgia that much, but I, like, I gotta admit, like, my heart, CTR and CNK were the games that me and my cousins played when I was growing up. Like, every Christmas we would play this game, and this this whole franchise has a very special place in my heart. And I think that the reboot, if, like, I think the reboot does a great job wrangling in all the old fans and getting new fans, but they up the difficulty and they changed a little bit of things. So as an old fan, you're not just like, oh, like this is the same exact game. I, I, um, in adventure mode, I actually think it's pretty hard. I think medium mode is surprisingly a lot harder than I was expecting. It's like everyone is nitro fueled, haha, and they're just everyone, all the players, all the NPCs keep attacking you. It's actually taking a few tries for me to finish all of these beginner tracks such as like skull caves and bruise tubes and i'm stuck on mystery cave right now like i've played it five times and i come in on third or second consistently so i like (laughs) they um this is a pretty hard game if you've never played this game before i would definitely go into easy mode so i I dabbled in Mario Kart a few times, and what I would say is, if you have Mario Kart, and Mario Kart is a much more, is like your innocent, like, little sister or whatever, and it's like so wholesome and all these different things, then you got CTR, and CTR is like the badass, like, big sister who, like, doesn't give a shit, like, stays out of curfew, and... Like, you in the middle are just, like, trying to... (laughs) You as the middle child are trying to just figure both of these things out. So, it's... Like, I I find it very difficult as someone... as And I consider myself a seasoned player of this game. And I definitely think that in adventure mode, you should definitely practice going around the random-ass tracks and really make an effort to figure out Turbo Boost... And, um, Turbo Boost is just, like, you know, Power Slide in this game. But I wouldn't even continue tackling Medium if you haven't mastered the Turbo Boost. So this this is a lot harder than previous Crash Team games. But I think it's well worth it when you finish. Like, I feel so much satisfaction, not just as a person who's played this game before, but... Man, like, they're really attacking you. These NPCs are like, they don't give a shit. So, um, customization for your character is pretty cool. So, what I noticed in Adventure Mode is you can, uh, you can change your tra- uh, change your cart. There's a lot of unlockables. You can change the skin of your characters, and that's really cool. So, I, I'm, like, I definitely want to unlock a lot of different things. And I, I haven't figured out the unlocking for all of the characters yet like I don't know if 
things are just automatically unlocked as you go on or you have to play with that character and unlock. I'm more learning as I go with this, so we're we're going to have fun with it for the next few weeks. So with the characters, um so you have Dr. Vortex and Crash, and I would say though those are the equivalents of Mario and Luigi. They're the neutral characters. Like they're the pretty much like everything's very even. And I, I like I'm not gonna lie, I play with Crash. So <laughs> there you have it. And then you have characters like Tiny Tiger, and then you know Dingo Dot. You have Pura. Uh, you have all of the original characters on here, and more that you're going to eventually unlock, which is really exciting because it's like they like I they didn't skimp on this like you know they didn't skimp on this reboot. I feel like they covered all the bases and. Even in the customiz- customization, like, there's an option where you can choose the PS1 skin of your character in all its minimal polygon glory. Like, it, and I think that's really cool. Uh, they have all your staple tracks. Like, you know, I played with Skull Cave. Skull Cave is the very first uh, track that you play. And... I and then Mystery Cave, which I'm stuck on, is like very, you know, like everyone knows what Mystery Cave is. But then like you also have Vortex Castle and you have Polar Pass, which oh my god, when I finally play Vortex Castle, I'm like that was my favorite track of all time. So I'm like more than excited with this game. I think that like if you've never played the Crash Team Racing Kart series, I you might as well hop into this because they pretty much combine CTR and CNK. Like, you just don't even go back anymore. Like, there's no point. They upgraded the graphics. Everything's really smooth. Like, the gameplay is very fast, very fast-paced, as I explained. But, like, definitely play with easy if you're not used to everything yet. And um, I guess my only complaint would be sometimes I feel like the wait screen is a little bit slow. And, you know, like, sometimes you're waiting for a minute. So... I wish that was a little bit faster, or even if it wasn't faster, I wish that the loading screen was a little bit more dynamic. Otherwise, this is a very solid game. Like, I have nothing but praises about this. If you're interested in getting this game, I would buy it on launch. I think it's worth the Coming out on June 25th is the new Ryoga Kotoku game, Judgment. The Judgment game is about a disgraced lawyer of some sort. And Jeremy and I have been talking about it for quite some time as this is the new game from the studio of Yakuza. And they're putting a lot of focus on advertising this versus the upcoming Yakuza 3 as well as like there's just been a lot of buzz of, on it because of the whole uh, controversy with one of its voice actors. It's finally coming out and thank goodness that it was not delayed like we had originally discussed. Um, it comes out on Tuesday, but if you're like me and you pre-ordered the game, it actually will come out tomorrow. Well, at this point, if you're listening to the podcast on Monday, then if you have the di- if you ordered it pre-ordered digitally, then you already have it. So I'm not going to talk, so obviously I have nothing to talk about, but also it would not be kosher of me to talk about Judgment without Jeremy, so (laughs) definitely waiting for 
the both of us when he comes back from vacation to like put like maybe 10 hours or so into the game before we talk about it. So stay tuned for that. E3 happened a week and a half ago and we covered the press conferences, but I wanted to quickly cover what was on the show floor and what was at the convention itself for people attending. Um, Plot twist. There really wasn't much to the show. Um, I mean, like, companies like Nintendo, like, they featured, like, Luigi's Mansion 3. Like, you could play that. And then they also had some fun stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure Nintendo had a rock climbing wall, and I thought that was pretty interesting. And um, I don't know exactly if it was an Epic Games booth, but they had some interesting-looking Wipeout-like Takeshi Castle-like games that you could play and interact with but i saw a few videos and it was definitely obvious that sony wasn't there considering that they take a lot of real estate in the los angeles convention center itself like they like in that spot there was just like a lot of open space and couches which is cool because i guess sitting is fun but clearly um no one really booked that spot or you know no one tried to say hey Let's use that spot with a different company. You know, are we moving away from this convention style of press conference? Like, if video game companies... uh, There's two ways of looking at it. So some video game companies, like, they're moving towards a... Like a lot, like a live streaming direct, like Nintendo. Like they're just gonna announce it in an article. They're gonna announce it live on their YouTube channel or their official website, and then that's that. And when you're doing that, there's not much, or you know, like, is there really still stake in having a convention? At the same time, you gotta also look at it from this perspective, where we're like in a weird year where. The, the next console is going to come out in two years and we're on the downwind. So some of these companies really, like like PlayStation, they may have just not had anything to show at all. And maybe Microsoft just wasn't ready to show a lot of stuff. So I, I got to give respect to some companies. They, they just straight up didn't have anything to show. And if you don't have anything to show, then, you know, don't like make a big deal out of it like Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> that being said, um. The landscape of this style of press conference and announcing, like, is E3 going to lose its footing, especially with the way that the show floor was? I'm going to actually answer that by saying we don't know yet until the next console generation comes around. Because when that next generation comes, I... I think that will really determine what the new PR marketing strategy for these companies are. Like we said, at the end of the day, E3 is just a conference that fans can attend now. So it's okay if we just leave it at that, in my opinion, at least. I want to talk about uh, Psychonauts 2 just because I did not, just because we didn't talk about it in previous podcasts. So by Double Fine. And uh, they did show some gameplay during E3 that we didn't talk about on the previous podcast. Um, just a very, very interesting uh, new a new adventure for Raz. Um, as rumored, Raz has a kid of some sort, but it wasn't featured in this new trailer. They, are, they showed gameplay of the world, and they showed gameplay of a boss. And I just got to say that that world has a lot of teeth. Like, and when I say a lot of teeth, I mean, like, 
straight up molars and <laughs> all of that. So it you know leads to curiosity of what that game's gonna be. But um, I played the first Psychonauts and I really liked it, so I'm excited for this one. Uh, next, I want to talk about Doctor Mario World, which was which was announced, and it's going to be like a mobile game to a very and I was looking at footage and it's a very very typical mobile game. It's a mobile game where you have diamonds that you can use for in-game purchases and microtransactions to help advance. Um it it's like similar to Tetris, like it's a, it's a puzzle game and like it's basically exactly what you expect. Uh like if you're if you play Bejeweled and anything like that except it's Nintendo branded. So in Dr. Mario World, um there's a bunch of viruses on your puzzle map and to eliminate the virus you have to drag and drop a bunch of colored capsules to the correct color so if you see a green virus then you drag the green side of a capsule to it and then it'll eliminate it so um like that'll be a game for people to download on mobile and there's not much to talk about because it's like a pretty basic game and then lastly what i want to talk about is PlayStation Plus for July and Game Pass for July. So for PlayStation Plus, July you have Watch Dogs 2, Celeste, Neo, and Hollow Knight. And Hollow Knight hasn't been a game that that I've seen a lot of clips before, but I've never played it yet. I think I would be most interested in checking that one out in July. And then Game Pass for July. And some a lot of these games like for Xbox that they're coming out a few days before July 1st. So Resident Evil Revelations, Rare Replay, Torment Tides of Numenera, and Goat Simulator. And I got nothing to say. I just love simulators. So those are your games for the upcoming month. And we're going to end there. This is a quick hit episode, like I said. This is one of five episodes this week, so there's going to be another episode tomorrow. What's the topic going to be about? It's going to be a side quest episode, and it's going to be about Black Mirror. So stay tuned for that. If you want to make a comment on this podcast, you can go to anywhere where we have the podcast, such as like Podbean, Stitcher, etc. You can post a comment, and we can... Read it on the podcast. You can go on YouTube. You can go to our website at www.downtime.live. There's a Discord you can join, as well as you can post a comment on the website. And if you want to do email, you can go to contact at downtime.live. Thank you for listening to The Summer of Elisa. Five episodes this whole week while Jeremy's on vacation.